relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. I, I don't I'm excited about this one so like this is the first time I've been like I kind of I love the theme song it put me in that good place it always did but there was a part of me like let's go let's get to this episode on, I hope on, Billy hope Billy doesn't Billy and Mike doesn't don't talk too much during this shit and he's like hey buddy what y'all did and you're like you guys shut up I want to hear Steven's stories so let's just we'll just like just getting it. into just it. Do We're it. making do it happen. Thing. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for part two with Stephen Chang. Oh, so yeah. So we're in Altoona. Is so we're in Altoona, Pennsylvania. That's where I was born. And just kind of to connect the dots with going back to the cannabis industry and just talking about uh, where the industry is today, especially with all the policy changes that have happened and all the states that are signed on board. New Mexico, yeah. just signing off on it as well. But Harry Anslinger was born in Altoona, Pennsylvania, 87 years before I was born. And Harry Anslinger was our first director of narcotics, spearheaded the war on drugs, everything that we we know of. What Nixon's we're battling guy, right? Against. Yeah, Nixon's guy, all that. Yeah. So it's funny when I say 87 years apart, and I did that math from the time that out he was born to where I was born. I'm like, wow, think about what's happened basically nearly 90 years of like his reign and kind of where we are today and how quickly we're just reversing a lot of this stuff. It's not going to take 80 years, you know, in terms of like when I got into it. So when I, you know, we were saying like I moved out here July 1st of 2010, you know, and now we're in 2011 and state like Virginia that we were saying legalize is going to allow you to grow four plants on July 1st (laughs) and so if you think about how just how quickly that's happened in 11 years um, certainly it's not going to take another 70 you know for Mm -hmm. us to get to to all the stuff that kind of our histories have dealt with in the past hundred years uh, almost at this point but um, yeah it's funny how much has changed you know coming from that town knowing that history coming out to Colorado educating on the level breaking down the barriers from the whole Asian family aspect of it all, getting all those opportunities and just kind of seeing it all change from here is so fascinating, you know? Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's only happened in 11 years and, uh, it's been fast. Yeah. Fast. I mean, we're going to have federal legalization by 2022 if it doesn't happen by the end of this year, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it should mm-hmm. happen by the end of this year. So at least they can, you know, you know, the government's end of session. They all go on their breaks or whatever. At least when they get back to it, we can immediately start working on all the important things and, and not be three, six months behind, you know, because <laughs> yeah. the one thing about this industry today is like you think you're taking like two, three, five good steps forward. And the next day you're taking 10 steps back. Yeah. You know. And it still happens in this industry, you know, given, you know, state by state laws that change every year. Well, and that's the other thing. So you, you're working in multiple states right yeah. now. 
how much of a nightmare is that? Because it's so hard for me being in one state where every once in a while they'll send you an email you don't see, but drastically changes everything as far as metric wise and yeah. everything else. Like, how do you juggle all those things? I'll tell you what, in the beginning, it was definitely a little frustrating because everybody was just trying to make whatever deal they could with a licensee in that said state. Uh, especially incredible Colorado was one of the first states where multiple brands were going national simultaneously. Yeah. You know, Incredibles, Dixie, Keith Cola, Chiba Chews, you know, all these brands were just all doing it at the I same don't know, time. Chiba Chews from here. Yeah. Shout out. Chiba and Chiba. like, so that made it complicated. <laughs> yeah. Just having to deal with different groups and kind of try to figure it out in the past year and a half, they've made one deal with green thumb industries that went and went the merger went final last July. And ever since that was made, it's really been very easy, you know, because we've, it's just one, one licensee, one marketing department, you know, one compliance team nationally, you know, and we're all working together to figure out what the identity is going to be. And, and I think that made it very easy in the past 10 months at least because it's really the deal just happened last last summer final you know so all these changes like this new e that you're seeing it is here, a new e you guys like, this is the old e yeah this is the new e. i was gonna <laughs> ask you about that as a font lover i was like what are y'all yeah. doing over here yeah so it's uh it's it's all changed in the last year and i think ever since then because green thumb industry has it so dialed in um, just from their experience in general, yeah. uh, coming from the industries that Ben Kovlar and, and other people, they came, people were coming from, you know, the alcohol industry, Pepsi, like big mm -hmm. companies doing big things with big budgets, understanding how to work these companies on a national level, Yeah, you know, like Implementing those everything plans from to... sponsoring Super Bowls, you know, all that stuff like that, you know, like big scale stuff. And so those folks came in. And, and really just brought a whole different level of experience and, and more experience than I was ever even used to. I was just like, <laughs> what is all this and stuff? They, you know? They're not even coming from with a cannabis background. These are just business people. Well, they actually do. All, all, everyone has a cannabis story. Like, like oh, the, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> no, how, I understand when, that. Yeah, I think what they, I meant yeah, is like, they're uh, not coming from this industry. No, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is, but I do understand the cannabis story part. That yeah. part is. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are now just sharing their stories <laughs> that you never thought would share a story about using cannabis because they put so much time into being that suit version of themselves and this professional version of themselves that, you know, the stigma of using cannabis could just destroy you on a professional level. Yeah. I mean, there's still Elon Musk smoked it on Rogan and the stock went down. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's that was well, where it's like, chill out nerds. There's still <laughs> companies in Colorado that it's up to them whether or not they want to allow cannabis use or not. And so there's a lot of companies in, in this state and every single legal state that will still drug test you for cannabis and you can still lose your job for it. And, it's funny, like even to swag, like before COVID, I would do in-store pop-up events mm -hmm. and I would try to get people that bought Incredibles swag. Hey, have this t-shirt, have this lighter. And this lady one time said to me, was like, Steven, great talking with you. I love Incredibles, but me taking that stuff is what's going to get me fired. 
I'm going to screw <laughs> up and wear it one day or have this lanyard on my keychain and a coworker who's against it completely is going to go to my senior management and say so-and-so is using cannabis because maybe that's a, a way for them to get that per you know there's all yeah. these motives no. right what's Damn. the motive oh, yeah. in, in the, competition what's, yes. the, what's the oh, motive to snitch you out in corporate yeah because they finally got something on you and they're and trying they, to one up yeah, one power up you, right and yeah. so she said to me that's what's going to get me fired that's how i'm going to lose my job not doing it taking a sticker perception perception yeah well that's a corporate that's that corporate corporate, that's that's the whole thing and and, and that needs to change so like you could have like you can open up your drawer and have a bottle of whiskey in there at the end at the end of the day if you're the cool guy right and not lose your job right whatever you know i never used alcohol because i have a sensitive allergic reaction to alcohol like that's there's some that's very fortunate you know and i and congratulations it's a huge blessing i actually glad that i can't drink and and so when i look at just how much you could take advantage in life around alcohol and still get away with things and still have your job or this or that and i look at what's going on with around the cannabis plants why I still work to the level with the same level of passion. Like I still work today. Like it's the first day that I got asked to do this job. Like the Mm -hmm. same feeling that I had like bud tending my first time doing that. Like none of that has changed for me as far as like the energy, why I'm still doing it. I can attest to what he's not (laughs) been like, I've known you since 2015 and You like when I when I walked in and saw you in the lobby, you're the same energy. It's the same. You're just like, hey man, what's up? But like, in the way you talked about cannabis then was the way I was. It was the start of me being like, okay, like there's a lot of people that are passionate about this the way I am, and that's okay. It's like cool. Like I'm, I was never like a like a pot comedian. Like that's not what I talked about yeah. on stage, but I the plant spoke to me in a different way. And I think it spoke to like, there's it's just this podcast is like, it's just uh shining a light. It's a, it's shining a light on people who are like, yeah, we all had this epiphany that it was like, this thing could help everything. Right, yeah. <laughs> what you said earlier was about intent. And those, like I was, we mentioned, it was so, it was eerily similar to what I, we had just talked about with, with, with Jane West. And it is about that, like, when you go in this, I think that's what I'm trying to get across in this episode, in these, these last couple of episodes, is that it's like, no one's trying to get super rich here in this industry. Yeah, yeah I'm far like, from that. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you're so happy and healthy yeah. and proud of, and your parents are proud of you. And yeah. it's like this thing of like, like there's something to be that's a quality of life you can't put a price on and then allow everyone in this industry to make however much money you know yeah within reason if it's however hard you want to work should be however much money you want to make in this you know what i mean where sure. it's like if p- people it, it's just it could save the middle class. It could save our economy. It could save agriculture and then thus save the whole planet. Yeah. Save and I'm the not, soul. But of course, that's what I'm talking about. Of the essence of everything, Michael. 
And I'm not being grandiose. I say I've, it's so funny to me that I keep getting worked up about this and saying this over and over again, but I don't get tired of it. Like it is this, I do always preface it. Like I understand how nuts it sounds to be like, Hey, this plant, I think that we made illegal. I think it could fix everything we fucked up. Yeah. And people be like, what are you talking about? I'm like weed. Yeah. It can fix it. And like, there's like through this podcast, we've had people, this guy just sent us, he's studying bees in Georgia and he's trying to get cannabis involved because of the bio, how they, it's a bioaccumulator. And he's like, he's like, I think it helps, but it can hurt the bees in this way because, and I was like, Oh my God, we're doing it, Michael. <laughs> yeah. We're doing yeah. it. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, everything like you have the passion. It's I didn't understand how when I met you guys how it was all coming together that way, but I could feel it. Yeah. It was a thing that I could I vibed on from you guys especially was like this thing is different and the way you guys are talking about it is different. Yeah, and the reason why I'm even on board with this brand so my first four or five years I was in the medical industry, I actually never met anyone that worked for that company. I had my blinders on. I worked for another company called Markaha, and I was like, I'm just going to make sure I do this and do it right. Whatever happens around it, I'm just gonna let the dominoes fall. Hopefully I did a good enough job that people allow me to stay here in Colorado. Basically, right? I can, like, I'm going to control what I can control yeah. and the rest. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's how you yeah. have to live that's your kind, Yeah, I was like, you know, when I came here, like I said, I didn't come here with the intent to be in the regulated industry. So when the opportunity came, I had to make that decision. Like, I can't screw this up. It can't be a party. This can't be like my past life. The, in, my, the intent now moving forward is I'm all in for something bigger than myself. I'm not going to live for selfish Steven, like how much can I do in a day mm -hmm. anymore? I'm done with that. I'm done. You know, I, I know what I can do in a day, you know? And so like, I'm, I'm done with that. It's time to give that all back the proper way to this life that my parents gave me in America, you know, which is crazy in itself. The older I get, I still think about it at some point in time, every single day. And I'm like, what, in, what the hell is happening right now? You know, and I have to ground myself at some point throughout, you know, the day and, and just remind myself like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this because I don't want to let them down, no. you know, and all this stuff like that. So you just keep kind of going. But, uh, one of the reasons I stayed, I jumped on board with Incredibles when they finally offered a position for me was it was the only other edible that I used that I thought was consistent. Yeah. So last year, medical lab testing in Colorado wasn't made mandatory until last November. Wait, wait. So yeah, what? Dude, dude, yeah, dude, so when they legal when they legalized cannabis in 2014, they made recreational lab testing mandatory, but they never made medical lab testing mandatory. That's the coolest. Yeah. So that that change just happened. Incredibles has always been lab testing since the beginning when recreational happened it was against the it was against the rules the way they did it but the denver post got together with one of the labs and they went and bought every single edible that was available on the recreational market like the first week and lab tested all of them and some of them didn't even have thc in them it was just a chocolate bar dude. gangsters gangster shit right that's gangster shit gangster <laughs> shit is. incredibles is on the top they market their bars it's a 100 milligram cap 
It's 125 milligrams. Comments in the threads. Well, at least you know Incredibles is giving you more than your money's worth. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And I always felt that way. I would tell my older brother, I'm like, dude, every single flavor. It does, they have like yes. all these different flavors. And, it and used they to, taste yeah, good, too. Taste that was good. one of the first uh, things I noticed. I was like, this just tastes like And this was like back candy in the day when people were using, you know, full flower, you know, extraction. Yeah. Uh, like, now there's a lot of distillations and there's a lot of ways for you to really, like, dial in your ratios, one-to-one, two-to-ones, whatever you want it to be, and have it be an exact science and crush it and make a great product line out of it. But, you know, before it was full plant material and... You know, you could make a chocolate bar it would look green. Edibles would come out and look green, you know, because of the plant chlorophyll and all the, you know, I can all of taste that. So plant like, yeah, you taste this. plant. Yeah. It'd be very hashy. It'd be really strong. And Incredibles did a phenomenal job. And I give all the credit in the world to Derek and Josh Fink. Josh Fink is a founder, head chef of the company. And I give those two and their team an immense amount of credit to be able to make so many different flavors yes. taste that good and be consistent throughout all of those years, you know, and, and I mean, it's just what they set out to do. That was their intent. Like they knew quality about, well, they knew quality, but they also knew about everyone having those nightmare hallucination experiences. Like, like for me, I didn't eat edibles for three years. And so I came out here and then I would meet other people that would never eat edibles and they would tell me their nightmare story. And I would tell them about Incredibles and how you can microdose. I'm mm -hmm. like, listen, these bars, they're all scored with the milligrams. We were the first company that I know of yeah. that was putting milligrams on single servings and educating you to break that into four smaller pieces and just to eat this little corner. And you know, you're going to take two and a half to three milligrams every single time. Yeah. Start low, go slow. And you could microdose even more than the company that I worked for. Like the company that I worked <laughs> for previous, like you're, there's no way you can dial it in that low. But for whatever reason, Incredibles was like the first to really do it and to make you feel comfortable in what that was. And I always used Incredibles like medicine. I never bought Incredibles and just crushed bars and just eat, see if I can eat 10. I have. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> it's medical in a different way yeah. for yeah. belly. Yeah, well. you do, that is very yeah. true. That is very I, true. Would, I was like, and, uh, my brain gets tired. <laughs> now we make 500,000 milligram edibles on medical, <sighs> like 50 milligram pieces. And, uh, Billy wants that, you know, I, just, I mean, I would just go to sleep. This sounds great. You and, know what I mean? And what I'll say about in Incredibles is, uh, like, yeah, the, one of the reasons I jumped on board was the consistency. It was one of the more than the, the company that I worked for prior, because I really liked the chocolate bar selection more so than you drinking drinks all the time mm -hmm. that it was the one, it was the final kicker of saying, okay, I don't need benzos anymore. I don't ever want to eat Valium ever again. I don't ever want to eat Xanax ever again. And I started having that experience of like, what feeling do I need that was comparable to what those pills and other drugs were giving me that I could start to say, okay, this is an alternative replacement that's comparable to that level. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I can start to consistently have this product in my refrigerator and I know it's there. I can 86 this completely out of my life. And then over time, 
I can start to scale down on how many milligrams as my body starts to feel better about like, okay, I don't need this anymore, but I also don't need to be up here like that anymore because I'm not trying to be checked out all the time. Yeah. Like I want to live with it in a different way. I want to, you know, I don't want to be hallucinating off edibles. I'd rather do that off mushrooms and LSD. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to, I want something else from this and I want it as a true medicine. So that was huge for me. And, uh, you know, I left my previous company to, due to unfortunate circumstances, we were running a kitchen from a group of dispensary owners that had some bad eggs in their group. Mm -hmm. And before recreational went into effect, they had no choice but to raid all of their facilities uh, from dispensaries to cultivation to any of their manufacturing infused product kitchens. Uh, didn't matter what company was working there, it got raided. And so one day I woke up, it was like before Thanksgiving, 2014, 2013, and I get a phone call at like nine in the morning and they're like, are you on your way to the kitchen? And I'm like, no, dude, it's snowing. I'm going to work from home today. They're like, don't go to Denver. Everything's getting raided. And I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. You know, I was like, I had, I told you, I, was, I started telling my friend the story. I was like, I was like, those guys built, had this huge trust in me. They really liked me, this group we started working with. And they threw all this support behind me. They're like, make sure Steven's happy, you know, all this mm -hmm. stuff like that. Because of that relationship, you know, these are Colombians, a bunch of different people and fun people. They started telling me stories before the raid about <laughs> uh, diamond dealers, uh, <laughs> drug smuggling, just some excess business dealings. We were like, well, this yeah. doesn't, this doesn't vibe with what we're doing. Yeah, like it's getting taken out on people because people wanted to go legit and they didn't want to go. Other people didn't want to go legit because the money was too good and they didn't think they were going to get caught. Mm -hmm. They thought it was all good. There was literally U-Haul trucks of cannabis flour being trucked from here to Miami. Yeah. Like people were getting medical grows licenses just to grow, to ship it all out of state that never went to a dispensary. All right. And no way. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That happens. So they're selling to undercover cops, like federal agents. And because they're greedy, right? Greedy, right? Yeah. And, um, it gets to a point where like, I think one of the guys knows like, okay, this isn't going to end well. I want out. I want out, but I'm the guy who lives here. I'm the guy who owns the dispensary. I'm breaking free. I'm taking my, we're done. I'm going this way and I'm going to do it this way and I don't care. And it pissed a lot of people off that didn't live in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm in the car with this one guy who moved here from Florida that was tasked to move here and to kind of be this person or whatever and he really liked me so we would drive around a lot just me and him and he would just tell me all these crazy florida stories and stuff about columbia and you're like well, <laughs> yeah and you're like well this is enlightening yeah. yeah and on the whole time i'm like i just always feel calm in those situations because i put myself in shady situations growing up i'm just like life is just what it is you i'm know a stand-up I mean? comedian so every, yeah. everyone that hires me is a shady person it's just shady i'm just yes. I'm like i'm surprised i'm alive to a degree you know yeah. and like so like i would ride around with these guys and i just think it's normal and uh he starts telling me about this hit that's being taken out from this guy in florida 
who goes by Tony Montana. Okay. Well, actually goes by Tony Montana. Well, that's a, he's trying to live up to a certain live image. Up to to, image. That's not good. I, Diamond I smuggler. He, yeah, from knows all the how stuff. the movie ends. Yeah, he didn't say Jeff but... Bezos. He didn't call yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> so all of this stuff happens. I decide to leave this company and not take any jobs from any other edibles company. Incredibles actually reached out to me to see if I would take an interview with them. And I, I said no. And I set my own meetings with Kayvon. Mm-hmm. I was going to work with him on a dispensary level and do other things with him. And that never came to fruition. I made the decision to go to California. My older brother was like, listen, dude, you were busting your ass in Colorado doing this regulated shit. You need a break. Come to Cali. You know, I'll get you trim jobs out here at $200 a pound. You know, just chill. Yeah. Just chill. Yeah. You deserve it. And so I went out to Cali and I did that for like two years. And the whole time recreational is taking shape in Colorado and people start to understand this is a real thing. Like yeah. I was getting text messages from friends like this is a re- like this is for real now. Yeah. Like, you know, like like everyone's doing legal business rec business and it's blowing people's minds like lines down the block. People are driving from all over the country, flying in from the world, coming to Colorado. People are seeing numbers they've never seen before and they're freaking losing their minds. But they also realize that the teams that they have are they're all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. some people cared, some people didn't care. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're like, "Fuck, Chang's gone." Like some people, my friends, like <laughs> wanted me to work with them. They're like, "Damn it!" They were pissed. I had friends that like told me straight to my face they were upset when I decided to leave. They were like, "We were so mad at you." Like places <laughs> down in Colorado Springs are like, "You could have came down here, we would have hired you." Like I had job offers, but I you needed a break. Though, yeah, right? I could have lived anywhere in Colorado. <laughs> I I didn't think about it. I was so pr- appreciative of the what was happening. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I didn't realize it. Like I said, my blinders were on. I didn't realize. It. I was like, I'm just gonna let the dominoes fall where they fall. But I know that I have to do this for Colorado. I have to do this for this isn't for me. Yeah, you know. And so <clears throat> when I decided to go to to Cali. Incredibles was one of three companies that kept reaching out to me, but they were the most persistent. And we kind of had this kind of special thing. The CEO and I, Rick Scarpello, have this kind of special friendship Mm -hmm. that I don't, it just kind of transpired out of thin air and it is what it is. And I'm so appreciative that I can connect with them that way. Uh, kind of like a fatherly figure in a way. And, uh, they were just never gave up on me, you know, uh-huh. and they invited me out to look at the new facilities that they were building at the time. CNN was filming the show pot barons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they were kind of, I was like, listen, if I'm going to come back to Colorado and tour your facilities. Do you mind if I, my mom and my stepdad and my family come? Because if I'm going to move back to Colorado and I'm going to do this all over again, I want the full support of my family. And so, they were kind enough to let me come in my mom, my stepdad, everyone toured incredibles, uh-huh. this whole facility. And my mom's like, my son's going to, you know, like this is great. We're back in the hotel room downtown here and uh-huh. talking to my mom and you know, my brother's coming kind of more clean about his past and his life. Like, yeah, you know, I'm growing weed. I do this, you know, it changed a lot. I changed a lot, you know, um, you became, the th- you stopped and, hiding. Yeah. I think that's the... I don't care what people think of me because I know what I'm doing is right for them. You know, it's like you don't understand how much I'm doing this for you. You don't even know. Yeah. 
you know, like how much energy and how present that I am. It's so whenever it's ready for you, that I'm the person you expect me to be. Yeah. And that takes a lot, you know, and I, I, I think about it now because I've been doing it for so many years that I, I can acknowledge that I'm, I'm on that path. And, You're a uh, Colorado monk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not Shaolin, and I'm not. Try, I mean, I'm a yeah, little bit trying yeah. to be funny, but I mean, yeah. honestly, all this, I, all the principles that have led you to this and the way you live your life is that thing your dad wanted. It's very monkish. I'm very a lot of those principles. It's not that I don't want to be married and and don't want to have a family of my own. Like now that my sister has had kids, I realize I'm capable of being that type of person for someone oh, like well, that. You're doing it for you know. a, a plant. Yeah. So of course you could do it for someone. Yeah. Doing it for a whole industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just realized like, you know, there's definitely a lot of those principles that, you know, my father wanted me to become as a, as a grown man and, and to be able to, to be able to like understand that, embrace it the way that I do. I have a boot in my bedroom. You know, uh -huh. I, I yeah. look at it every, it's one of the first things I see every morning and, and every night before I go to bed. Uh, my whole childhood growing up, my father made us pray to three different versions of Buddha uh -huh. uh, morning and night. And we would just pray for you all to have a great day. Like we would just sit there and just pray for people in life to have a good meal. And we would just say these things. Like I just remember twice a day, I just sit there on my knees and pray and be like, Oh, I wish everyone in the world gets to have a good meal today and that you have a chance to, you know, my dad would make us say these things twice a day, day and night until we moved out of his house. Okay. And it sticks with you a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. it's intention. It's, I've talked about that. Uh, I think it's also interesting that we grew up totally different cultures, kind of in the Appalachian mountains though, but just different sections of them but it is this similar like my my grandfather i have his initials right here as a brd yeah he was he, i just remember when we were younger he took us to where he was raised and it was this room probably the size of this room he had nine brothers and sisters you know and then he owns two farms and stuff when he passed away by the that's the same thing when i get lazy about stuff i'm like man i tell fucking jokes and i get to talk to people <laughs> about cannabis do it right yeah do I'm get to do this because of this. And I, it's probably why I vibed with this. I mean, you can ask them. I've been talking about this company since we got here. I was like, I really, he was so excited. It's yeah. something, <laughs> it's something special. Like I, there, there's some things it's like you and the CEO's relationship. Like there's special things that happen. You're like, I don't know why Yeah. I, but I got out of the way of it and let it happen. You know, I got, I stopped being in the way of stuff and then let it happen. This, your path here is just, it's beautiful. And like, you're one of those people like we met briefly six years ago yeah. as far as in person and stuff. But I was like, yeah. Oh, I like that dude. I'm like, I still fall. Like there's a re you were one of the first people I, I was like, I'm going to, when we go to Colorado, I was like, duh. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to follow him though. It's <laughs> just, and he, you're an inspired, like there's a certain I people it. I like the way they, like Kayvon's one of those people too. Yeah, that Kayvon's stuck mad out. inspiring dude. <laughs> and he works like the way he work, goes about stuff. I relate to in a certain way. And it's like, Oh yay. Yeah. You're, and like Kayvon's always going to be my bud, yeah. you know? And like, you're always going to be my bud. Mike, 
and I had the same fucking weird thing. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I want to see evidence of Kayvon actually sleeping. Like, I'm just like, this guy. Fuck. No, I used like to stay with him <laughs> when I came to Denver. And now that you say that. Does he actually sleep? Because he he's always, like, coming in after you yeah. and not before you. <laughs> oh shit he does so much and and it's not just in colorado and it's not just cannabis and it's just it's oh uh, it's unbelievable man steven thank you so much for being here yeah Um, and i wanted to i wanted to share this with you before we get off this because i know you were looking so much to talk about incredibles but this is our new product there's nothing like this on the market i really wanted to get this to you to try it just launched actually over the weekend uh, this 420, it's a luxury filled chocolates. Oh shit! So it's called Nove. Nove in Italian is the number nine. So the idea was uh, came up in their ninth year. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get it to market <laughs> because of, yeah. because of regular. It's just tough. So it's biodegradable okay. packaging. There's two individually wrapped bars in there. Uh, five squares that you could break apart 10 milligrams per piece still very easy to microdose if you cut one square into four pieces you know you're still getting two and a half milligrams um being that it's a filled product you, yeah it just smells yeah. like it's like just, luxury chocolate is what it's it smells awesome. like yeah there's nothing it's, like it on the I'm market not making it up. It's, and uh yeah I'm, I'm happy that you're here and that you get to try it you're one of the first people that are going to try this in the world did you see that? Did you hear so, that, motherfuckers? Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. Mike and first. I. Mike and I are going to do that tonight. Do you want, yeah. Yeah. We'll, so we're, I'm super excited. You know, we also have a extract company we call Clear Creek Extracts now. We built a brand new lab up in Clear Creek, Colorado. Cool. So we moved it out of Denver. So we renamed it after the town that it's in. Yeah. So uh, we're really excited about what medically correct brands is today. Everyone used to just think Incredibles, like the first five years, it's Incredibles, Incredibles, Incredibles. We made this national merger deal last year to take the Incredibles brand national. So that will be a national thing that you see all over the country. But then when you come to Colorado, there's these other brands that you can only get in Colorado. Yeah. And that's Nove, that's Clear Creek Extracts, that's quick, fast acting. And so um, there's still something very exciting about coming to Colorado and being like, well, what's medically correct brands doing? So we really want to educate. Yeah, we want to educate it from that platform. Um, instead of just Incredibles moving forward. So we're really excited. You're going to love these. I have no doubt. I'm super products. excited I'm so about excited it. Excited yeah. about it. Like, I'm going to go get a hamburger and eat it. I really yeah. hamburger. Well, I'm like, I'm going to take this back. Yeah. We I mean, who knows where wrapped. they're going. We can split them up, dude. They're individually wrapped. You yeah. don't have to be. I meant, I meant, who you knows? Know, the, they're not legal either, so we don't have to hide them. We just be in the open about it. Yeah. I know, but what I'm saying is, and it's single source to chocolate. say I would be bringing it back to Oregon. I would never oh, break yeah. the law that way whatsoever <laughs> at all. And again, state law is funny with the TSA, and I do have a funny story, and I wanted to share about the TSA. We were talking about flying with cannabis. So when I first got into the industry, I was a manager at a dispensary called the Dandelion in Boulder and House Bill 1284 passed, which implemented everything from the badging process, the travel manifest, all the different, the infrastructure that we know today. 
So I finally go to get this badge and now my face is on this badge with a number and all this. I'm like, wow, this is legit. Like this is more, I've, I've never felt more legit yeah. in my life. I had to pay for this thing and I have to renew it myself every year. So the cannabis industry, you have to pay to work. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's a comedy. So I call, <laughs> so I called the TSA. I call, I called Denver airport and I asked to speak to the head of the TSA and they asked me for what and i explained <laughs> I to them what i am like i'm a manager of a dispensary in boulder colorado and i just want to get some clarification on flying with cannabis as a medical patient so they get me to the head of the tsa yeah they were like well damn we are gonna have to let him talk to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's a good question it's a great question right <laughs> So they get me to the head of TSA and I was like, hi, my name's Steven Chang. I was like, I'm a dispensary manager. And I was like, listen, I've heard all these stories about if you have a medical paperwork or a medical card in Colorado, that I can leave the airport with my minimum. Like I could have two ounces of flour and <clears throat> I can carry it on my carry on and I can leave the state of Colorado. And I was like, and the only reason why I'm calling you is I'm an actually badged employee. And I start reading off my badge number to him. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, sir, I'm just going to stop you. I don't need any of that information that you're giving me. He was like, just to let you know, the TSA is only trained to look for guns and explosives. We're actually never looking for drugs. Yeah. We're never looking you for drugs. You gotta be a real dickhead for them you to get You gotta be a real, you gotta screw up really bad to get caught with drugs. So what I learned after that process was there are things that you can have on your carry-on that will come up on the screen that could look like drugs. So if you have a stack of stickers like this, <clears throat> like a stack of hundreds, and I figured this out going to conventions. I would put them in my carry-on, <laughs> stacks of stickers. Yeah. And they're like, whose bag is this? We got to pull your bag. Every single airport. Hmm. And they're like, what's this little circular thing that's in this little section before we open it up? I'm like, those are just stickers. And they would open up my bag and there'd be edibles over here, other things. They would just go buy all that stuff. <laughs> Their job is just to grab what gets, what gets Looks like a bomb. And to wipe it and that's all and move on. Right, their, their job isn't to play cop cop. And so after so many times, I just finally asked the TSA agent, I'm like, I'm like, why do you keep pulling my bag for stickers? And they're like, come look at the screen. They're like, you see what that looks like? And I was like, yeah, they're like, that's your stickers. They're like, what does that look like to you? And I was like, I don't know, a bundle of drugs. It looked like it could be like a kilo of cocaine oh. or something wrapped up, yeah. right? It actually looks like that. Looks like some sort of powdered something wrapped up. You can't see what's on the sticker. It's just yeah. a shape. And there's a lot, a lot of materials that they make stickers out of that set that alarm off. So no, they make because it's just chemicals. Just yeah. chemicals. Yeah, right? you're right. That's so exactly. It's just setting off. So when they're stacked that tightly together and there's no spacing, it just looks like so they just pull it apart. They're like, every time you fly with stickers, just put them in a separate bag. You'll never <clears throat> get your bag pulled again. Never got my bag pulled again. I pulled all that stuff in a separate bag. I put. I've never gotten my bag ever flagged ever again. That's, a, that's so cool. And if you do, yeah. you can talk to Steven because he lied to you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. TSA truly, really, they're just trying to protect you. And yeah. and one time a TSA agent in uh, Chicago O'Hare, she told me I had a bunch of vape pen, different batteries, leaving the High Times Cup in Michigan. I was came back through Chicago and flew out of Chicago. 
<clears throat> and she starts opening up my bag. It's all these pot magazines. She was like, and then she gets to the batteries and uh, she was like, you want to know what the coolest thing you have in this bag? And she was like, all these cannabis magazines. <laughs> and she was like, your one battery, vape pen battery, looks like it could be a small gun because the way the, it was a double barrel. Yeah, right? yeah. Right, it has that magnetic clip. <clears throat> and she was like, and it was metal and it just went off. She was like, you want to know something? It's not our job to ruin your life. That's, That's a nice lady. That's yeah. cool. She's like, it's not my job to do that. <laughs> She's like, but the coolest thing you got in there are those magazines. <laughs> that is cool that you got to. What, I don't want to get the TA, TSA agent that it is their job to ruin her life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to stay away from that. It's interesting <laughs> hearing some of the things that some people are saying from different agencies and industries as we keep evolving. It just gives me a, a really good feeling of well, where people we're heading. Are, people are good. It's, yeah. the, it's sometimes the people that get in charge of the agencies are power hungry and evil. Yeah. It's the most, most people are good. Yeah. Steven, thank you so much. You're welcome, man. This is great. Yeah. This is fucking awesome. It's one yeah. of the best ones we've done. And thank you. We went real long and it's our editor and other producers. I wanted be to beat the, I don't care. The, the, I wanted good. to beat whatever Joe Rogan does. He does like four <laughs> hour pot. He's like, dude, we just did like eight hours. Yeah, yeah. We've been in here for like Three. 24 hours. Three minutes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, I mean, what? Now I can say, it. what more do you want? Well, what you should want is to go follow him because on Instagram, he is just as inspirational. He's out there hustling, doing the edible stuff, doing the cannabis industry stuff, and then just pictures Hiking, of his dope family food. Fish. He's being a good his, uncle. His, yeah, he's, he all of that in. good stuff. He also just has good taste in life. And he's not going to, I love him because he promotes things that aren't just his brand or whatever. It's just, he promotes quality, which is kind of my, that's my, that's my bag. Uh, it's like people doing good things for good reasons and the right. And so I've always reached out to him like, Hey, what about this? And he's like, he just gives it. He's not being like, well, ours is better. He's like, well, they do this better. And we do this. And then this is this. You're like, ah. Oh. And he promotes cool stuff on his 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 gram. You're right; it is inspirational too. You're like, I should go run some more. Um, yeah. You guys, feed your mind with the good stuff, you guys. Everybody out there, all the positive stuff. Just eat it all up. Eat Get it. A big old bowl. Smoke it. it. Smoke it. Grow your own. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you want to or Patreon. That's more fun, but it costs you a little money, but you get more back. Uh, we love you guys so much. So thank you for loving what we do because we love doing it. Uh, send some of these. Send your favorite episode to somebody. Yeah, just give them a little taste. Give them a little taste. See what they're about. Grow your own. Love you guys. <laughs>